Well, it's finally here, the 2022 NHL Draft. We're going to see which prospects go to which team. We're going to see who the New Jersey Devils select with the second overall pick in the first round. There's a lot to discuss, so I'm bringing in a draft expert to talk everything prospects and the NHL Draft that's happening later tonight. It's Chris Peters. He's one of the best in the business. There's a whole lot to discuss. Buckle up. Happy Draft Day, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also a Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews, joined alongside me because when this episode goes live, it'll be the day of the NHL draft. It is Chris Peters. Chris Peters currently works for Flow Hockey. He's been featured on Daily Faceoff, ESPN, CBS Sports, USA Hockey. So he is the man when it comes to draft prospects and what might happen come tonight. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well, Trey. Thanks for having me, man. This is uh, it's a pleasure. Just glad that we are finally here at, uh, at draft week and, and ready to make some picks. I know I've been talking about it the last few days because Bob McKenzie recently released his um, his mock draft. He projects that Uri Slavkowski will go number one. And, uh, you know, Bob McKenzie's never been wrong about the first overall selection for like the past 10 or so years. So um, you know, but the New Jersey Devils could also select Shane Wright. But uh, before we talk about prospects specifically, I want to get your opinion about the draft in general, because I've been hearing that it's not really that strong of a draft class outside of the top five. Can you give some insight on what the draft should look like throughout the course of um, tonight? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the draft is so frequently we, we think about it in terms of who the what it looks like at the very top of the draft and I and you know not having a clear-cut number one certainly kind of puts a damper on the class and you say oh well you know there's no generational player there's no guy that looks like a franchise altering pick um you know that's something that certainly impacts the opinion of the entire draft class but I would say that the you know the the general consensus is like you know the class is is probably closer to average if you're looking at the entire thing um you know, like basically if you're just looking at the entire uh, draft, I think it's, it's a lot closer to average. You're going to find value in the mid first round. You're going to find value in the late first round and into the second round. Um, there's a wide belief that, you know, there's, there's, you know, it depends on how you define depth. Like, you know, I think that this draft has really good high end. There are got some solid enough high end guys. The mid range is okay. You know, and then the rest of it is kind of like, you know, like it is every year where it's basically just kind of a crapshoot once you get outside of the outside of the third round um, and really even before that. So, you know, you're, you're just hoping you're hoping you find NHL players in every which way. And, and as we as this class will show, just as every class before it does, there are NHL players to be found here and there are going to be some stars that come out of it as well. I always say like you can always find a diamond in the rough. Uh, the two main examples I use for New Jersey Devils are Jesper Bratt and Yegor Sharangovich, not drafted particularly high, but we know what Jesper Bratt was able to do this past season. Borderline all-star Yegor Sharangovich is now a vital part of the Devils rebuild. Um, before we talk about uh, Diamonds in the Rough, you currently work for Flow Hockey, uh, got a new job there. So what, first and foremost, congratulations on your 
uh, new position. Um, and like I said, you've been uh, covering the draft for quite some time for Daily Faceoff and also Hockey Sense. What have you been writing about the draft so far um, leading up to it now? Like, is there just an article or maybe a podcast that stands out to you? Because I know every draft has a certain narrative and uh, you know, I know a lot of people like to write their own stories. So last year I talked about the draft being like dominated by the University of Michigan, especially with like Owen Power, Luke Hughes, Maddie Beneers, and so on. But like, what what have you been covering the draft so far uh, this season? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is we've spent so much time on the very top and whether or not Shane Wright is the first overall. And I think that's probably the overarching narrative of the entire draft is what is going to happen at number one. Um, and that has been the, the narrative over the last couple of months, as opposed to the entire season. It was just kind of the default was Shane Wright. Beyond that, I think that that's kind of indicative of the rest of the draft. I think this is probably the least predictable draft that, the, that we've seen in some time and that there are a lot of opinions on players that are all over the map. And because of that, it makes it really difficult for NHL teams to value, you know, like, are we going to be able to get our guy here? Are we going to be able to get our guy get at this pick? Should we trade back? Should we trade up? You know, there is just so much uncertainty, which creates a little bit of chaos and certainly a lot of a lot of drama. And for us, the viewers, fun, you know, basically where it's just it's it's going to be a lot to kind of take in and, you know, see who's going to move picks like who who are going to be the guys that, that, that move. Are there going to be roster players that, that move for for draft selections? You know, those are the types of things I'm really curious to see and, and looking forward to, um, you know, as far as, the, you know, obviously, you know, you can go to dailyfaceoff.com still where my draft rankings for this season are um, and see those and just kind of, you know, I would say that even as, as we get closer to the draft, I put those out about a month ago, you know, you get, you talk to more scouts, you do more things and you start thinking, Oh, maybe I would move this guy or that guy if I had a do over. And quite frankly, at this point, you know, if I had a do over, I'd probably say have Shane Wright third on my board um, and have Logan Cooley, who I have number one, and then your Slavkovsky number two. Um, and then Shane Wright three, I just think in terms of overall upside, Cooley and Slavkovsky are the two guys that offer a little bit more. Um, and I had Shane Wright second on my board. And just as I continue to, you know, get closer to this draft, I start wondering, you know, maybe how much are we still anchored to his being the exceptional status player and his rookie season, the OHL, which was so exceptional. Um, you know, he got exceptional status, but he also had a, a season, you know, his, his rookie season when he was 15 years old. He outproduced Connor McDavid at the same age, you know, in terms of a points per game percentage. And, but you know, that, that has not continued. That trend has not continued. He didn't play anywhere last year. And then this year, you know, he had probably the, the lowest points per game average for a number one out of the OHL since Rick Nash, you know? So um, that's where you're at. I mean, and I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I could say that Shane Wright's going to have a similar career to Rick Nash, you know, it's a, and that would be a great career. It certainly wouldn't be necessarily, you know, the, the best but you know you it would be a great career and um yeah it's just there's a lot of uncertainty left about this draft I think that's the, that's the overarching thing is anything can happen so you talked about the unpredictability of this draft and one of the things I've been seeing recently and you touched on it was that Shane Wright uh was originally a consensus first overall pick and now he's slipping a little bit so I've been seeing mock drafts saying that he's going to slipped to number two for New Jersey Devils. I've been, I even saw a mock draft saying that he was going to fall to number four to the Seattle Kraken. So can you go into a little bit more detail as to like why more recently are people projecting Shane Wright to go down a few more positions? 
because they weren't saying this a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I think, I think the public has the public list, all the, all the different rankings that you see over the course of, uh, you know, a draft year, you know, I would say that the public lists have not caught up to the industry in terms of, you know, this has been a conversation that's been had in scouting circles all season. Um, so there have been a number of teams that never had Shane Wright as the number one guy, or at least they did at the early season towards the mid season. Um, I had Cooley at number one on my mid season rankings. And that was, you know, that was the first one where he got knocked off the top, but really I think that that's, that's the kind of conversations that have been had around NHL circles. Um, you know, I've talked to teams that have him uh, that, that, that just aren't believers, you know, that they're, they're worried about the upside. They're worried that he's plateaued, you know, that, that he's, that he's not going to progress at enough of a level. And so, you know, the, the thing is, is that when you look at all the public lists, there's a lot of, there can also be a lot of group think going on. Nobody wants to step outside of the, uh, uh, of the norm in terms of, you know, we, if, if Shane Wright, if everybody else is saying Shane Wright is number one, then he must be number one. But I mean, you look at other drafts in past years, there have been plenty of times where the guy who was the, the quote unquote obvious number one pick was not the best player in the draft. And I think that you have to be open to that idea. Um, and especially this year when you've had a player that had a great track record, but really still needs more to, you know, more to prove, um, quite frankly, and, and didn't have the, the, the draft season that said, unequivocally that they were the number one prospect and really none of those guys did not Cooley, not Slipkowski. Nobody had a season that was like unbelievable. This guy is clearly the number one. Um, so we've kind of had to project and, you know, I think there are, there are a number of people out there that just feel that Slipkowski, Cooley, maybe even Simon Nemich, um, David Juracek, you know, some of those guys could have a higher ceiling than Shane Wright. Um, and, you know, I think that there's, there's some validity to that thought. See, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with your uh, your take about like uh, there's there's no one who's like set to be a first overall pick. Because quite honestly, you know, I've been seeing the mock drafts now and, you know, people have been talking about Uri Slavkovsky now possibly being the first overall pick for the Montreal Canadiens. And the thing I've been saying about Slavkovsky and his overall game is that I think if you compare him to Logan Cooley, Shane Wright, uh, Simone Nemish, whatever the case might be, I think he's the most NHL ready given what he was able to do in the Olympics, the world champions, a big winger. So I was just like, if the New Jersey devils have the chance to select him, I believe the New Jersey devils will be like laughing themselves to the bank. Cause I feel as though here, they get got a winger who they could develop a winger who was able to hold his ground in the world champions, a Olympic MVP, someone who led the Olympic totals in points. And I feel as though like, you know, if we compare him to Shane Wright and Logan Cooley, once again, I felt as though he was the most NHL ready. And, um, you know, that that's where I stand in terms of like Uri Slavkovsky being the possible first overall pick. I'm just like, well, people are starting to get educated a little bit more. And, you know, people are starting to realize that, you know what, maybe Uri Slavkovsky does have the most upside, if, if that makes sense. Well, you know, I'd say that he's he is the most NHL ready. There's no question about that. The question is, is what's he, who's going to be the best player in the next couple of years. And I, that's, and, and oftentimes the, the center is the more valuable position. Um, and so if you, but the thing is, is if your eyes Slavkovsky is a top line winger in the NHL and either Shane Ryder, Logan Cooley are a number two center, that number one winger can be the more valuable player. So I would also say that those three guys, Cooley, Slavkovsky and, 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 um, and Wright 
are the guys that I feel, I don't feel there's a lot of separation among the three players. I don't feel like they are the guys that, you know, that, that they're, that any one of them is like so much better than the others. But I would say that, you know, Slavkovsky's performances in the Olympics and the world championships, and then obviously being six foot four, 220 pounds. I mean, he's got the, he's there's upside there. There's no question about it. Um, I just think that, you know, for me, Logan Cooley's the most dynamic player in this draft. Shane Wright's probably the smartest player in the draft. And then Uri Slavkovsky might be the physically most imposing. And also he's got that goal scoring ability. He's got good hockey sense. He's competitive. You know, he does all the things you want. So you've got three good options. That's the, I think that's the misnomer of where we're at just because there are three that are not, you know, nobody is far and away the better player or the best player of this draft that they're not good. Like they're, they are good. They're, they're really good. Um, I think all three of them have a chance to be uh, really special players if, if everything goes right. But yeah, I mean, of those three, I, I, I respect your opinion because I think Slavkovsky, when you watch him play, I mean, it's, it's hard to ignore the, uh, the appeal of a six foot four winger with his scoring ability. Yeah. And I also want to talk a little bit about Logan Cooley. So we've, we've touched on Shane, Wright, We've touched on Uri Slavkovsky, but some of my listeners have been saying like, look, Trey, I would rather take Logan Cooley with the second overall pick in, in case like, you know, Uri Slavkovsky goes number one and Shane Wright is projected to fall a little bit. They've been saying like, they want Logan Cooley. You've been talking good about him saying he's the more dynamic player between him and Shane Wright says Shane Wright's the smartest, but what makes, um, and, and you know, I mean this respectfully as possible, what makes uh, Logan Cooley uh, that dynamic? What makes him that much more special possibly than Shane Wright? Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes down to a couple of different things. Speed for one, you know, he's, he's definitely the much faster player. He plays quicker. Um, he makes decisions at a quicker pace. He's got the best processing speed of any team, any player. You know, he can, he can make plays at speed and not a lot of guys can, there are plenty of fast guys. There aren't a lot of guys can make plays at speed. Logan Cooley can, can make defenders miss. He can make, uh, he creates openings. He finds the right guy all the time. Um, seems like he's got eyes in the back of his head. I think he's the most dynamic offensive player of the entire draft. Um, you know, when you look at the NHL and it's all about speed, explosiveness and things like that. And, and to me, Logan Cooley, brings all that stuff to you the only thing he doesn't have is the size you know that's really the only that to me that's his only disadvantage against the other guys is that he's not as big as they are um he's a little under five foot eleven at, at, based on his combine measurement um you know if he continues to grow a little bit then you're you feel maybe a little bit more comfortable but i just think he's you know to me i've watched him i also think the other thing that, that i give him an edge on is you know his progression year over year has been sensational Okay, so uh, we talked about Shane Wright. We talked about Uri Slavkowski. We talked about Logan Cooley. But uh, I want your, like, final top five prediction. And I think you've already touched on it a little bit before. But I just want you to reiterate a little bit. Like, if, if you had to, like, lock in your mock draft right now, uh, who are your top five? Like, in what order? So, you know, it would go, like, um, Canadians, Devils, um, uh yeah. coyotes Kraken. Um, yeah Kraken, and then you know so like the flyers yeah yeah so i mean honestly the the buzz continues to grow around slavkovsky going one um and so i think he is going to go one that makes it very interesting for the devils and in the event there are a couple guys that we haven't talked about i've, I've heard you know if slavkovsky is off the board a lot of people think the devils could go with one of the right shot defensemen could be nemich could be your i think it'd probably be nemich 
So I'd say one Slavkovsky, two Nemich. Now I imagine that two Slovakians going one, two in the draft, kind of crazy, but it's possible. Um, and I know that, you know, you've got Luke Hughes, you've got Shahir Mugamadoulin, you've got guys that are in the pipeline, but, you know, does Cooley or Wright fit with Heischer and, uh, and, uh, and Hughes and Mercer will probably be a center long-term, you know, like how is that going to work? So um, I, I, I can explain how that, how that could work. So I, I think the, the, the prospect of my choosing personally would have to be your eyes Yeah, just because, for sure. You know, Logan Cooley and Shane Wright, like you said, they're centers. So it's just like, we already have like Jack Hughes, we have Nico Heischer and we got um, Dawson Mercer. And I just felt as though like, you know what, you know, you can't go wrong with Shane Wright or Logan Cooley, but at the same time, it's just like, um, I would like a winger to develop alongside with Alexander Holtz and, you know, Fabian Zetterlin, you know, players like that, because we have one of the best prospect pools in the entire NHL. So um, my, my personal thing is like, I'm sure they'll put them on the bottom six. If they were, put onto an NHL roster right now, which I know would, would, wouldn't be the most likely circumstance, but, you know, just bear with me. Like if they were put onto the roster, the opening night roster for this upcoming season, I would say that Lindy Ruff will put Shane Wright or Logan Cooley on the bottom six, try to have them command their uh, respective uh, line. If that doesn't work, then they'll put them on a winger position alongside with yeah. Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, most likely Jack Hughes because Hughes knows how to make the people around him a little bit better. Yeah, and I think that's certainly a possibility. What's up, guys? There's still more in store with Chris Peters. But before we continue, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sport betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including who's going to be drafted first overall. My money's on Shane Wright and also the MLB season. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's get back to our discussion with Chris Peters as we talk everything about the NHL draft. Take it away once again. Basically, with, with Cooley, uh, I think Cooley is probably more adept to playing the wing than Wright is, but you absolutely can do that, and you don't have to put guys at their natural position right away. And in fact, a lot of times, NHL centers start on the wing. I mean, Trevor Zegers started on the wing for, for Anaheim. They decided that they were going to put him back in the AHL so they can get more reps at center. There are so many different ways that you can develop your centers long-term. So I think that that makes a ton of sense. Like, if they were to take one of the forwards, it wouldn't shock me in the least. I just think it... I think if Slavkovsky is gone, it does throw things for a loop a little bit. And I, I also wonder, you know, what are the options of trading the pick? What are the, you know, what are the different scenarios that, that exist there? I've That's tried, something uh, that could happen. Little to nothing. Like, I don't think it will, I don't think it will happen, but I've seen crazier things happen, but you know, <laughs> I personally think devils hold on to it unless they get a player like Matthew Kachuk. But the, I've always said the chances of that happening are as high as my chances of going to Pluto and having breakfast with a Pope <laughs> in the next few days. Yeah. It, could happen theoretically but is it likely to happen no yeah I wouldn't say it's the most likely scenario but I think it is a scenario that's in play and then um so yeah but just to get back on track for the mock draft too so you know if I go if I if we say let's say we got Slavkovsky one um and then you know I'll, I'll stick with uh Nemec at two and then I'll say um at three 
with the Coyotes, it'd be cool, uh, probably right, and then um, fourth of the Kraken be Cooley, and then fifth would be Cutter Gauthier. So, um, so yeah, so I would say that that's probably my. If if you had to ask me right now, the way that I think it would go, that's how I think it would go. Um, you know, I think Arizona is a real wild card. Um, I don't know if they're, you know, if it would be right or Cooley. Uh, I think the same thing, Seattle, will they choose to go with the defenseman route? I think Juracek could slide in there. But I think the guys that I just mentioned are the most likely in some order to go in the top five. Okay, let me ask you this, like, because the Devils are big on uh, diamonds in the rough. Like, is there a diamond in the rough, whether it's in the first round or later on in the draft? Is there a few players to keep your eye on? Because I've had the pleasure to interview a few uh, WHL prospects, prospects who aren't projected to be drafted high or be drafted at all, but still players to look out for. So I said, like, Chase Coward or uh, Charlie Wright, they've appeared on my show and talked about their hockey backgrounds. But is there a player... Uh, or a few players that come to mind that are diamonds in the rough and could fall a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there. Are, I think this this year is is full of diamonds in the rough. I think this year is full of projects and guys that are maybe you know could be could be a really good good uh, player. Um, and you know, I I think for for me, you know, I see some of the the projections with Lane Hudson being a potential second round pick from the National Team Development Program. He's a smaller guy, but I really like him a lot. Um, I think that he's, you know, a dynamic defenseman that just does everything right. And the only thing he doesn't do right is that he's not, uh, you know, six foot, uh, you know, six foot two, he's, he's five, eight. And, um, you know, those guys, they have a little bit of a harder projection, but I like him a lot. You know, I think uh, Devin Kaplan's another guy, another NTP guy who I've kind of zeroed in on as a, as a second round pick, but I think, you know, he, he didn't have a chance to shine. He was a down the lineup for, you for USA and that under 18 team, but he has really dynamic skill. There's some real good skill there. He's got good size. I think as he goes to Boston university, he's going to be able to develop some of those skills a little bit more, and that's going to help him a lot in, in becoming a better player overall. Um, you know, just be being more well-rounded, being a better offensive performer. Um, you know, also, if you go even further, if we're talking deep sleepers, one of the guys I really like central scouting did not list him this year. Um, but it's Kenny Connors from the Dubuque Fighting Saints in the USHL. He's a second-year draft eligible. Um, he is headed to UMass, and he is a really interesting player. Uh, was a top-line forward for uh, Dubuque this year, put up a ton of points in the USHL. And I just think he's kind of a do-everything center um, that, you know, you get him, you let him go to college, you let him become a star there, dominate there. And then, you know, you've got a player that could be in your bottom six for a long time and, and be a, produ a producer as well. All right. Awesome. So, uh, Chris, we're going to have to see what happens during the course of the draft. I want to thank you for your time. Where can my listeners find you? Yeah, thanks a lot, Trey. It's been great to be with you. Um, I'll definitely have a, a lot of draft coverage at flowhockey.tv. That's my new outlet. I'm really excited to be there. You can still get my draft rankings at dailyfaceoff.com and then also on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. That's where I will be uh, pro providing plenty of live commentary from the draft as well. Once again, Chris Peters is the man when it comes to NHL draft and also prospects in general. So hopefully the Devils draft uh, a, a gem with the second overall pick. And hopefully it's someone who can make a long-term impact because we are no strangers to like getting prospects, <laughs> getting diamonds in a rough, wherever the case might be. Chris, uh, thank you for doing this, my man. Hey, my pleasure, Trey. Thanks for having me, man.